This is Janet Gallon welcoming you to another Love Letters Live. And I just met my guest for the first time a second ago on this Zoom. And um, we're going to have a good time, I can tell. <laughs> my guest today is Terry J. And you are a medium and a seer and a, it's so complicated what you do. And you've done so many things that I, I barely know where to start, which is usually not my problem. So let me just start introducing Terry Ray. Why don't you say hello? And you you define what you do if you can in a few words. Uh, my last name's Jay, Terry Jay, just, mm -hmm. just so you know. And and um, um, I'm an intuitive medium, intuitive life coach, veterinarian, medical intuitive, remote viewer, map dowser, uh, animal communicator, uh, horse whisperer, pretty much I do everything except predictions and police work. Okay, thank you. And we're going to have to start somewhere. Let me ask you just a question. Um, how old were you when you knew you had this gift? If well, I'm they're, not, they're not gifts, Janet. It's there. These are abilities that everybody's born with and everybody turns them off in childhood. Okay. So I, would, I would say I got my opening back in 1990 when I was doing horseback therapy and I picked a kid up out of his wheelchair and put him on the back of one of the horses. And he said, ouch, I have a cramp in my hip. So I looked at him and I said, you have a cramp. Well, here, sit this way. It'll take the cramp out. And he said, hey, you can hear me. And I said, well, of course I can hear you. It didn't dawn on me at the time that he's completely nonverbal. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So that was my first opening. And we went about our business and I took him off the horse and, and he went back to class. And the gal that was helping me said, boy, he's sure talking great. I said, well, you know, he's very bright just because he has CP doesn't necessarily mean he has any cognitive issues. Right. And she looked at me and she said, Terry, he didn't say a word. You can't remember. And I mean, I went, whoa. Okay. So well, then, let me, let me ask you something about, okay. Two things. When you say everybody is born with, I've, I've always believed that there are certain people who are spiritually very sophisticated. Nope. And you're saying that everybody is born with something, but we let it go. Yes. We turn it off. For so what? Well, because usually we get in trouble. We're little kids and we point to the wall and say, grandpa, grandpa. And they go, no, no, grandpa's in heaven. Oh and, then, oh, and then there's even the stuff about stop lying. There isn't somebody there, you know, that right, we spook right. our parents. And so we're forced to turn it off or ignore it. You know, so I, I, I have noticed that with, with children. I read an article once. This is like right to what you're saying about written by a, a psychologist uh -huh. very smart woman who was talking about when children talk about an imaginary friend or a friend or seeing grandpa. And, right. and this, oh, this woman said, I'm guessing you'll agree with this, that don't assume it's an imaginary friend. Maybe this child is seeing something that you. Yes, yes. exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then I think as, as parents, I mean, if this happens and I'm actually working with somebody right now who's, five-year-old is saying the horse said and of course they research it and find out yes that is the problem with the horse well, so she's five in doing this so, so you so animals animals do want to make themselves known i mean i have just recently a, a, a dog an old dog and i can tell from the way mm -hmm. this little dog looks at me mm -hmm. that he, they find ways to communicate they do they, they yeah. really do and but, it's just different. It's a visual image, a taste, a smell, a sound, a feeling. I'm always apologizing to animals because they say, where, where dog look like this or what, where dog smell like this. And I go, nose not work, how dog look. 
and and then they give me a visual image of the dog and then it's like oh i know who that i know who they're talking about so you know scent is their first thing even with the horses it's their first thing and and so we have to learn to adjust to receive the information in a different way okay so there you go would you like to talk for a minute about how we need to adjust or at least talk about how you know to adjust to get information from an animal who is, you know, happy or suffering or has a need unmet? You know, the biggest thing that we do wrong is we get too much, and I'm going to use the word ego. We get too much into ego, like, oh, here's my question. And when we had the first two words out mentally, the animals already responded because they're all telepathic. Nobody's told them, hey, don't be telepathic. <laughs> and and so and that's just a conglomeration of intuition, clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, and claircognizance. It's a con it's a combination of all of those together. And so we just need to listen faster. And if you get uh, a visual image or you get a smell or something. Okay, speed is important. So pace is important, by yes. the way, in communication across the board. Yes. And, and I, I read I read once, which really guided me in many that if People say what you think about this. I heard, I read that people understand at about the same rate as they speak. So if you're speaking to somebody who is, you know, a slow, thoughtful speaker, or just for some reason, a very slow, <laughs> and you're talking like I do, just at a mile limit, <laughs> goodbye, they're not with you. No, they're not. not the other way. So to tailor your speech, to their speech will maximize your chances of being understood. Yes, absolutely. But this, the thing with animals, they're all telepathic. They didn't, they don't know we're not. I mean, sometimes they'll go, whoa, yes. you know, I got something from my human. Right. And, or or you get this look from some little. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. Or, so or we just have to listen faster. You know, they don't know the rules of polite conversation. And what's so fascinating to me is when you have a nonverbal um, uh, child on the spectrum, uh -huh. they communicate like animals. And that's not a slam or anything. It's just that they're, they're going to give you a visual image or a picture of something before they're going to give you a word. Words don't mean anything to a lot of them. They have that, you know, it's a communication disorder. Right. A couple and of I think, well, with animals. With animals, would you say that we, I mean, if we're frightened or we're angry or we're particularly happy, or we emit different scents, scent. Yes, yes. But they're also picking up on the energies. I mean, this is really freaking physics. It is. It's just oh, energy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So how do we, how do we, how do you translate this to human beings? And I, I understand that you do a certain amount by telephone, but I'm wondering, do you ever look at handwriting as a clue? No, you don't need I don't, to. I, well, I don't get any handwriting because everything's done with email. I set all my appointments through email. Oh, now. Okay. Yeah. And the, the weirdest part is when I go to do an animal in person, I usually, if like, if it's a horse, I'm going to get within 50 yards and turn my back. And the, the owners go, don't you want to go out? And, no, no, I'm good right here. I just want to read the energies. Because if I go look at a horse, uh -huh. I'm a professional horse person. I've been one my whole life. I've what, is my, that, what does that mean, a professional horse I've person? made my living with horses my whole life. How? I mean, where were you raised? And Well, I was raised back in northeastern Ohio, and I moved to Nevada 
I think in 76 and then moved up to northwestern Nevada. I'm, you know, one valley over from Lake Tahoe and right. I moved up here in 86. So um, um, it's 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 just been a journey. But um, um, what do you do with horses right now? I just trail ride. I just I I'm re I'm retired from doing anything other than readings. No, I understand so, that. But did you train horses? Did you breed them? Oh, did you... All of it. Uh -huh. uh, absolutely all of it. But mostly I did the horseback therapy program off and on for 35 years. Oh, OK. Yeah. So that's, you know, loading and hauling and going to the schools and doing the program. And, you know, we did 800 kids a week. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Because we do 30 and 30 and 40 kids at schools and we pick up at lunchtime and go to a different school and do more kids. And so, it, you know, that gives you an awful lot of experience. It really does. You know, you're recalling to mind one of my love letters live guests many, many years ago when it came to who she would write a love letter to. She wanted to write a love letter to her horse. Mm -hmm. He had a horse. And she said, which has stuck with me, and it's been probably, what, 14 years now since I heard it. She said, my horse was the only, the only, well, she said person, he, he was the only one who ever listened to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yes. she was in a family that was difficult for her, but she had a right. horse who listened to her. They do. They do. Um, what yeah. I love about horses is their heart chakra is like four feet away from their body. You know, so you would go stand under their neck and oh, my goodness, it's, you know, it's an incredible experience to feel the energy of their of their heart. It is. Really? Well, tell me now, tell me, let's translate this to human beings, because I read about in reading about you. Paul T. Goldman. What is that story about? Can you just tell us that? Yeah, I'll give you the cliff notes. Um, Paul called me in 2005. Now, now who is he? Pardon? T tell us who he is and how he came to you. Uh, Paul T. Goldman, it was, he was a client previously for a lost dog. And so oh, he, figured, he figured that, you know, I could help him with this issue too. But he called me and said that his brand new bride was insisting on having her name put on all of his assets. And I said, God, it's like she wants to get paid for sex, but she doesn't want the money on the dresser. She wants your stuff. And he said, it's my wife. I said, I don't care. I said, I don't think she is who she said she is. Now, so what made you come to that? Just, just, this is what I do. I read, I read people. And so um, it started him going in a totally different direction to try to figure out who she really was. And, and that's what this story is all about. Can you tell but, us more of that story? Well, just what he goes through, hiring a private detective and, and um, getting an attorney to get a divorce and, you know, all the records that got subpoenaed for that divorce were just mind boggling. She had a separate address. She had um, uh, separate phone lines and you just, you could tell that this, she had a business on the side. So. And and you you made him aware of that. So he yes. How did she respond? How did she respond to all this? Oh, absolute denial. Absolute denial. But she kept trying to bilk him out of money. You know, she made up she made up a, a, a business and got a fictitious firm name and you know, told him she needed money for something and it was really just going to her. And uh so so he caught her. He caught her, you know, doing that kind of stuff. So the marriage came to an end and how was he? Oh now? yeah. Uh, he's he's doing great. He's still looking. He's still looking for romance. He really is. But he's such a nice guy. Oh, now because of this, what lessons do people learn? Does he know now what to look for or how to find clues that are 
I, you know, I don't know. I don't think anybody could pull something over on him again, but he misses some social clues. Mm-hmm. You know, he misses social clues. And so um, he's such a nice guy. I mean, you know, we've been able to meet a couple of times. He, you know, he lives in Florida. Uh-huh. I live in Northwestern Nevada. Right. And so we've, you know, run into each other down in, down in LA for, you know, oh, for the okay. filming, for the premiere, you know, it's just really been fun. Now talk about that. The filming and the premiere of well it's it's for this series that's on on peacock and so they shipped me down there to watch let's, Dee let's Wallace. Up a little what's the title of it and what does it focus on let us know it's paul t goldman that's the title of it it's on peacock all the all of the six episodes are now available i'm a lot in the third one and and a little bit in the fourth one anyway um it, it's about paul's you know trying to find a, a bride trying to find a wife and and what he runs into in in the process how did he and go about trying to find a wife he actually went to russia and got a russian bride oh here we go okay. yeah and then that fell apart and so, so he, that, he actually went there to find a bride. yes yeah he did and that's how he found his first wife and uh-huh. then they had their son johnny and oh. his um um he, that they that that fizzled out and they got divorced and and that's when he was on a dating site and found um audrey I you know his the one that was not who she said she was mm-hmm. and so it's just sort of the the story of the adventure of of what he went through because instead of just having this breakup it ended up leading to this you know basically crime family syndicate or whatever oh really not crime family but um, a lot of people were saying they were doing what they said they were, but they weren't doing that. They were doing something completely opposite. Now, now this is a bigger problem now via the internet. Getting oh, yeah. truth and has has your demand for your services increased a lot since internet life? Um, if it wasn't for the internet, I probably wouldn't have a business. I would have to just do local stuff. No, but I realize I realize that part, but I'm just wondering because people can be scammed so easily via the internet and these dating sites. I mean, I get, okay, so here I am, a girl, and I am getting constant emails from um, a Russian beauty, you know? Sure. Russian beauty would like to, I'm a Russian beauty, I'd like to meet you. Oh yeah, I get those too. Excellent invitations. It's it's ridiculous, but you know, there's so many lonely people and it makes them vulnerable. Yes, yes. It makes them vulnerable when they're lonely. So- you know, you got to make your life where you are. And and I really, you know, I advise my clients, don't do long distance. It doesn't work. It's not oh. going to work. Good. If okay. you can't, if you meet somebody online, you better meet them in person within 48 hours. Or why do you have that time there. limit? Because there's too many people. There, there's so many married people on the dating sites. Oh. And they just want that communication to be, to you know, to be titillating. So they're getting attention from somewhere. I and um, a lot of them are not available. They're not available. Oh, so and you're saying, uh-huh. So if you can't meet somebody within 48 hours and they're from your area where, you know, they're going to take you to their house, that you they can come to your house to really see how you live, how they live. Um, I I would not go there at all. Not at all. Yes, because if they're close by and they refer, refuse to meet you, there's some... 
it's there's something wrong. Reason, yeah. right? Okay. There really is. Anybody should be able to get available for an hour or so, you know, within 48 hours of connecting on the internet. Otherwise, you're making up this this false relationship that's based in nothing. You know, yeah. it, uh, they can lie their fannies off, and and oh, so could you. Right. They can lie their fannies off and have pictures to prove it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So you really, if you're if you're going to date. You need, and you're going to go on dating sites. You need to be able to meet them in a safe public place within 48 hours. That's so my, do, that's do my people, guidance. Do people get in touch with you when they are starting a relationship somehow? Sometimes, yeah, yeah they want me to read read the person that they're dating. And they how do they get the, and how do they get that person to agree to it? Oh no, I don't read the other person in you know on the phone. I read the other person through them. I oh. connect to them energetically and read them. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's really clear. It's a mysterious business you're in, isn't it? I don't think so. It's just physics, energy, frequency, and vibration. There isn't one of us that hasn't thought about somebody we haven't heard from in a long time. Oh, yes. And the phone rings and it's them. Well, okay, yes. well, who sent who the message? Oh, that happens all the time. Or all the time. Yeah. Yes. So everybody's doing this. Well, I just I want to make talk- it. I just want to make it so they're doing it more you know, cause you can have a better life with it. Okay. So I, I have had the experience and, you know, I'm never alone. I guess everybody has had this, but I haven't spoken to a, a good friend, you know, life gets busy and whatever the reasons maybe for, you know, four or five, six months. And I, I'm just thinking of them. And like, I pick up the phone and dial and I say, hi, it's Jana. Oh, I was just sitting down to call you. Yep. Yep. I'll, and, it and they always the say, time. Isn't that odd? And I say, no, not at all. <laughs> it isn't odd. Two people no. who care about each other can go about the same amount of time. Right. And they each say, mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. You the just pick up where you left off. know who it is. Yeah. So we're all doing it anyway. And I just want to make right. it, you know, and that's why I wrote three books. I want people to learn how to use these abilities that they're born with. These Which- are not gifts. People who do this are not special. They've just developed their ability. You know, I think people that do art or music, those, those people are gifted. But me, no, this is well, just okay, that's that's a nice point you bring up because I have spoken to people who are, you know, musicians or and it comes so naturally to yes, them that they don't does. consider it special either. I know, but those are gifts. Those are really uh, gifts. I, and some of I, the young kids that are really talented. Yes. That's a past life thing. They brought their talent forward, you know, I, from a past I, life. I tend to believe that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, seen, I've seen what seems to be so much evidence of it. Oh, gosh, and, yeah. But most people just roll their eyes, you know. No. You know if, you, if you think about reincarnation and you want to go, nee, you have to think about a life force, life energy. That's physics again. It's energy. You cannot destroy energy. You can only change it. So life energy can go from physical form to physical form and also exist non-physically in between times. Well, you know, Oliver Sacks in one of his books that was, you know, everything he does is so exceptionally illuminating. And he talked about hallucinations and that people used to have them all the time and they were just a normal part of life. Now, people who have hallucinations now, I think, you know, don't mention it because they don't want to be carted off or- right committed by the family. Well, I think a lot of people that are, that are, you know, in mental health uh, facilities, a lot of them are either extremely intuitive and they have, don't have no control over it or 
um, they're, they have a walk-in where the spirit of somebody who passed walked into them and they, and they don't know how to act because they feel like two people in one body. That happens too. I, I've heard about, I've heard that. I've heard yeah. that. We, I have a horse that's a, that has a walk-in. My friend Linda, who died, walked into my horse. She changed overnight. And I mean, she got, she, she was very non-reactive with you. Now, now what, is, sudden, what does all this mean? Can you, can you explain this in a little simpler way? It, it's just physics. My friend Linda, she always threatened to come back as one of my horses because they're so spoiled. Uh-huh. And, and oh, that's every what you time call I, a walk-in? Yeah. And every time I was out there, I would feel her and sense her. And so this horse overnight changed and where she picks up her dish when she's done eating and hands it to you. She does zippers. She does Velcro. She'll take your hat off. She gives kisses all of a sudden. And, you know, it's more like a slime facial. Is what it is. <laughs> it's not just kisses. Right. It's really awful. But um, she changed overnight. And so every time I'm out there, I feel Linda. And, and so um, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yes. The whole world of the unknown is really interesting. But it still all comes down to physics. I have people arguing all the time, like, ooh, I saw a ghost. Okay, so did you pick up on negative energy that was shed off from the human when it passed? Or did you did you pick up on the positive energy of somebody who's on the other side, but also visiting here? Mm -hmm. What? 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 They, they, they go, what do you mean? Well, it's either one or the other. It has to be energy. It's either positive or negative. If you're picking up on negative energy, you're dumpster diving. You're basically picking up on the garbage somebody left behind, mm -hmm. which is where you can get fear and anger and rage and feel all this stuff you know, from an, from just energy. And then if it's, if it's somebody like my mom visiting me every morning at eight o'clock for coffee, that's, that's her on the other side. So nice. You know, and it's so all nice. positive. Now, let me ask you, would you please tell us the titles of your three books? Oh, I'd love to. My please. first one is called The Cowgirl Shaman Way, Seven Easy Steps to Develop Your Intuitive Ability. And this one covers pretty much you know, everything that I do and it teaches you the seven steps and so that you can learn to do it too. And you can, you know, learn to do it for a living too. Okay. Even pick out one part of it. I only want to talk to dogs or I only want to talk to horses or I just want to be a medium. Go, go do it. And the second one I wrote, I, I didn't want to write it, but my guide said, no, you have to do that now. And, and that's because there's seven to 9 million people in the United States that cannot communicate due to, due to an illness, injury, or disease. Oh, uh -huh. And that one's called Intuitive Communication, Communicating with People That Cannot. And then the book that I put out last year that I'm really excited about is called The Physics of Mediumship. And with this book, I really wanted to take all the BS out of it. And um, the subtitle that I wanted is called Cut the Woo-Woo Crap. But my publisher wouldn't do that. So he did it on the inside title page. Okay, nice. <laughs> now, <clears throat> excuse me, let me ask you, because I am largely about the power of letters, the power of love letters, which is a huge, you know, broad spectrum of what passes for a love letter. Do you ever write letters? Yes, I use letter writing as a process. Um whenever there's someone that's hurt me or taken my power. And of course I recommend this to my clients too. Yeah. I tell you to, I tell them to write a letter to the person who took your power, tell them off. And then you burn the letter while you say out loud, nobody's ever going to treat me like that again. And that allows you to take your power back. 
Okay. Let me, let me ask you this just as a, because I'm, you know, not that you shouldn't, if you feel the need, write those kind of letters. And I've written a couple of hate letters myself. I know what happened to them for mine. They got tossed in the wastebasket. I don't think anybody read them, but is there a way of doing the same thing by a letter of understanding and compassion saying, I know that when you did this, you, you know, you didn't mean to blah, blah, blah. And um, just somehow appealing to their better sense to make the same point. You know, that's a really good point, but this is about processing out negative garbage, pain, suffering, hurt that is making people physically ill. Right. Okay. Diseases, issues in the tissues. We're 99% <laughs> energy, 1% physical. So our emotions are stuck. Negative emotions are what makes us sick. And so to me, this is the first step. Too many times people will try to go to forgiveness. Oh, I was going to ask about that. They will, they will try to go to forgiveness before they have processed out the anger and rage. Okay. And if they do that, it, it, it's like it forms an abscess. It really does. And it well, will me, make you sick. Let me ask you. So first of all, I like that issues in the tissues. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be smiling at that for a week. Okay. Um, so what about a forgiveness after you've done what you say to do, right. what about following it up? And I say this only because I know from personal experience and seeing it in workshops that when people are writing all the angry stuff, they're, they're feeling some issues in the tissues. Sure. But, and when people turn it around at some point to do a forgiveness letter or an understanding letter, because mm -hmm. too often forgiveness letters put you in the position of, you know, being the forgiver, it's not a great place to be. Um, and if you follow it up with an, a letter of understanding and compassion, you're, you end up bathing in the positive which does I, do a whole other power. Exactly. But what I'm dealing with is people who are sick because right. they, they, they're consumed by anger, rage, and disempowerment. They're sick. So yeah, that can be the next step once they get healthy. Okay. You know, yeah. We always want to go to forgiveness because lack of forgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It's not going to happen. Right. So I agree you, but, but I'm working with people that, that they're not even aware they have all this anger and rage and they go, no, I forgive them. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, but okay. you forgot a step. You forgot right. a step. Right. Okay. And I want point. them to, I want them to go back and do that, get rid of that anger and rage step because that's what causes dis-ease, disease. Right. Right. Well, I want to thank you for doing this with me. Oh, it's great. I it's love so it. nice I meeting you. I mean, that, that, yes, when we first met, I could see with that smile that you're having a whale of a time in life. Oh, gosh, yes. That's Absolutely. And um, it, it, it's really funny that I, I turned 70 um, Sunday and I just think I had to wait all this time for it to get really, really good. You know, it's like, oh, well, I'll take it when I can get it. That's right. That's right. Good for yeah. you. Well, um, and I, I was just going to say, I, I'm glad we had this little chat about letters because you make a good point that sometimes the anger has to precede the yes. ability, ability to be compassionate and understand where the other person is coming from to have been so destructive. Exactly. That's, that's a hard, that's, that takes some doing and some yeah. real thought. 
Yeah, but it's it's so, it's so it. healing. It's so right. healing right. when you can do this. But right. remember to burn the letters and say out loud, nobody's ever going to treat okay. me like that again. Okay, so you haven't actually sent that letter. Let's be clear on no. that. No, no, they're not to send. And this is why it even works for people who have passed away. Oh, I, yeah, I believe in writing letters to people who are gone. Oh, I do yeah. it myself, yes. Yeah. Um, but okay, so extra good point. Extra good point that... um. Yes. So you haven't sent the letter. No. So you haven't done anything destructive in return. No, absolutely okay. not. Thank you. No, it's not to send. Because, um, you know, it doesn't do any good anyway. Because if you think about somebody who hurt you in your childhood, molested you or sexually abused you or something, they're not the same person now they were back then. Well, you know, from your mouth they're not, God's they're ear, not, yeah. You know, they're, they're usually not, you know, doing it anymore or whatever. Right. Maybe their perversion is gone. Right. So they're not the same person and you, you definitely are not the same person. So it, 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 it only is a matter of you processing out your negativity, your anger, okay. your rage. Thank you. Because, I'm glad we made that extra clear. I appreciate sure. that. Yeah, because you're not going to change them. Um, and and oh. it, it doesn't do any good. Although I, I must say in my own experience, when you write the letter of understanding to somebody who has hurt you, let's say you've gotten rid of the rage yourself, sure. that you're in a position, you you may well change two lives, yours and the other person's. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. But you, a lot of times when you bring up stuff that they did, that they've got amnesia about it. Oh, they I'm, don't even remember true. they did it. I'm sure. So, so again, it doesn't it doesn't make any difference. This is about right. you healing you. Right. That's why I recommend. Okay, that. good. I'm glad you made that extra clear. Thank you, dear. I hope we'll get to talk at some other point. And Anytime. I know whatever we covered here, I'm aware is this the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yes, okay. it is. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Talk to you later. Okay. okay. Oh, this is great. Yes.